Hey, all right, check it out. Newest episode, newest show, Feel Thyself. Thank you for joining, man. I'm so excited. Thank you for rating, view, subscribing, supporting the show. The show is growing. We got some big news coming up soon, too. Um, today's show is jam-packed. Jam-packed so much that I had to combine the Knowledge Bomb and the product review because there's so much work that went into putting this together. And I sort of put it to the side for a little bit because I knew how much would be involved in reviewing these products. But so important. Um, so many mom and dads are going to be benefiting from this. And then, boy, oh boy, our special guest is going to be amazing. Um, some really deep stuff we're going to be going into with this guy and it's going to be amazing stuff. So without further ado, let's just dive right in. All right, today's Knowledge Bomb slash product review, the first time I'm hybridizing the uh, the two is going over the formulas for babies. These are baby formulas and man, this is so much information to be sharing for you when it comes to baby formulas. Um, I'll start off by saying there's no good baby formula that I found, period. None that are optimal. Some are pretty good. Um, some are horrible. So any of you who's listening who wants to open up a business opportunity, I think a best way, a best, the best market would be for developing a high-quality baby formula. So all you entrepreneurs out there, I just gave you an idea. All right. So it's a very important time in the infant's life is really this developmental period when it's when it should be breastfeeding but there's some problems that can arise especially when the baby's not latching on or the mom's not producing enough milk now before i go to say okay go on straight to formula because a lot of pediatricians will be like oh you know you're not best you're not breastfeeding let's just get your baby on a formula i think it's important to say that if you're not breast if you're not producing enough milk or the child's not latching i think it's important to really look into why first before jumping into formula because there's nothing as good as mom's milk. We know that, but if you have to do formula, of course, that's what I'm here to do and talk about. But look look for a naturopathic doctor, look for a functional doctor who really specializes in pediatrics that can help support you as to why because sometimes it could be a really quick fix. And that's important, those interventions for us to know before we go on to the formula, all right? And, and it could be something as simple as maybe a tongue tie on the baby. None of us really talk about that, but that could be stopping the baby from properly feeding. So let's think about all the factors before we even get to the formula. But now that we are at the formula, we're gonna go over it. Okay, so as I mentioned, this is a very important time in the baby's life. Um, this is when it's integrating proper nutrition, a full spectrum of vitamins and minerals, and you got those macronutrients, right? Fats, proteins, carbs, calories overall. This is this is a delicate time when the baby's getting all of that nutrition and it's starting to develop all the important systems, particularly things like the brain and the nervous system and the baby, the bones, the muscles, right? The digestive, the immune system, all really important systems that are being nurtured and growing through this time of breastfeeding and or formula feed, okay? So the first thing I would say about formula is if you are doing, what I found is most of the non-dairy formulas are one of the first ingredients is gonna be rice. And I just did a little series on my Instagram stories on rice and how it's, it, children should not be having rice, especially infants. And these infant formulas have things like brown rice syrup, right? So the reason why is for those who didn't see it on Instagram is because of the presence of high amounts of a very particular heavy metal called arsenic in rice. 
So when you concentrate rice, so like rice syrup solids or rice concentrate, brown rice syrup, you're starting to see more arsenic, okay? So that's why. And if you look at the Consumer Reports, uh, the Consumer Report on this, you'll see that there is a list of the recommendations on how to integrate rice into a child's life uh, and or just the, it also has a breakdown of the amounts of rice that we should eat as children, adults, infants. So I would follow that, I really would, because there's a lot of cultures out there that are having or are taking too much rice in, in general, but certainly not for the baby, okay? So stay away from any formulas that have rice for now, okay? Let's, that's what we know for now in science, let's just keep it at that. Let's move on. All right, so look, you know how I feel about dairy. I did a whole dang dairy episode. I'm really vocal about it. I do work with Switch for Good to get athletes off dairy, which they are and improving. Uh, I've been in clinic and I've seen men and women get better from removing dairy from their diet, particularly hormones, particularly gut, um, immune health, everything. It's just, it's so destructive. And I'm not a fan of dairy, period, okay? Um, I don't believe humans should be consuming it. I believe that there's formula, there's a formula to dairy, and the ratios of hormones and nutrients are not made for humans, okay? Made for cows or sheep or goat. With that said, if a human being is to consume dairy, we are best equipped to consume it and handle it during the breastfeeding phase. Why? Is because our body, in its own beautiful, innate, inherent intelligence, just like other mammals, we are producing that lactase enzyme at high amounts to prepare us for breastfeeding mother's milk, okay? So whether or not the breastfeeding happens, we're still producing that lactase enzyme. And that lactase enzyme that we have as infants is helpful to break down any sort of milk. Now, that's, 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 one, that's one thing, but the caveat is that still the whole profile, especially as I was talking about hormones, the inherent hormone profile is made for other animals. So we're, we could still break down milk more efficiently when we are infants than when we are children, young adults, and adults and teenagers, I miss teenagers. So within that spectrum, what happens is that lactase enzymes, the body just stops making it. It slows it down and or just stops making it. For African-Americans, it happens at a, a earlier time, but um, it's usually around the age of two, three, four, five. Um, and at that point, our lactase enzyme goes down. Why, why? <laughs> because we're not supposed to be drinking milk after this phase of breastfeeding and or what I'm talking about formula feeding. We are not made as mammals to be consuming milk after that. And that's why we don't see full grown cheetahs sucking on mama cheetah's teat. All right, so infants, this is a delicate time. They have very impressionable immune systems and certainly gut, gut health. We have to focus on gut health, brain health. Those are huge things for child development. And in gut health, a lot of it's coming from the mom, especially coming from the vaginal birth. Um, but it's really the, the, the food that the child's getting, right? So usually when you're breastfeeding, you know, your mom's giving a lot of really important nutrients, right? Training the immune system, right? So the gut, the gut is beginning to grow, right? It's not the same when you're an infant as when you are a child and getting older, but it's very important and delicate that we start making the right moves. So this is where some of these formulas become a problem. All right, look. I like getting the worst news first and getting the best news later. That's just the way I am. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna apply those life principles, Dr. G life principles into introducing the worst. <laughs> they're, all, they're all 
the, the first three are really crappy, but this one's the worst. Enfamil, NeuroPro, Gentilise. It's going to reduce fussing, crying, gas in your baby within 24 hours, right? Brain building, easy to digest, all right? Vitamins, minerals for immune health. Also, it's got a little corner on the corner over here. It says non-GMO, all right? No artificial growth hormone. Interesting, okay? It says non-GMO, but it also says... Ingredients not genetically engineered, but trace amounts of genetically engineered material may be present in this product. Crazy. All right, whatever. But here's the best part. Number one pediatrician recommended brand. I'm going to go back to that. So this is Enfamil. Um, this is the Enfamil NeuroPro that I picked up. I don't remember how much it was, but I'm sure it was too much for what it is. Um, so look, the, the GMO part was already in my head that they were admitting that no GMO, there's no GMOs in here, but then admitting that maybe in the small writing, what we saw the small writing, that there could be some GMOs in there, you know, maybe some trace amounts. Regardless, there's no standardization. If anything, if my child, I'm telling you, if I had a child, first of all, they would stay a thousand feet away from this. But if I did have a child, they, and they, and they were forced to be drinking cow's milk, it has to be organic. It has to be organic. There's no organic label here, period, right? No non-GMO label here, period, all right? So in children's, remember, without the non-GMO label, organic label, then we start worrying about something called glyphosate, right? And there are ingredients in here which are genetically modified and, as they admit, could have trace levels of glyphosate, okay? Glyphosate is a big concern. Now, mind you, a lot of these studies are done on adults or uh, adult animals and adults. They don't do many children. They don't do many infant studies. Okay, so you have to understand one: an infant's system is way more delicate than an adult system, way more impressionable, right? Vulnerable. So what we know, what we do know of glyphosate, is it affects the shikimate pathway. The shikimate pathway is present in our gut bacteria. So the same way. It kills off bugs that, that, that attack the, the crops. The same way that it does that, it's affecting our gut bacteria. Now you have a child's developing gut bacteria exposed to glyphosate, right? This is so important to be making informed decisions in the infant's life. This is really important. So I'm going to go into one thing from Mount Sinai School of Medicine. They, they have a really straightforward handout on glyphosate. So they speak that glyphosate is one of the most widely used pesticides and recommend avoiding glyphosate as a whole. This is from their School of Medicine, Mount Sinai. They say, studies suggest a number of health risks associated with exposure to glyphosate. Children and fetuses are most vulnerable to the pesticide exposures due to their developing organ systems and differences in the way they metabolize toxins, like I said. In addition, developmentally, normal hand-to-mouth behavior, close proximity to the ground, and that's where pesticides settle and high respiratory rates result in higher exposures of children to these pesticides compared to adults. This is from Mount Sinai School of Medicine. So you got to think about additive exposures, right? You know, you breathe them in, you're, you're exposed to these pesticides. But really, the number one way that children and adults are being exposed to pesticides particularly with glyphosate, is through what goes in our mouth, right? But you got to understand, babies are still putting their hands in their mouth all the time, too. So they go on to talk about, it's known uh, for the studies, it's, it's known to be a probable carcinogen, probably causes cancer. Endocrine disruptor, great. You want to have that in an infant? No. Brain development, organ development disruption, nervous system toxicity, and antibiotic resistance. That one's a really... 
that one's a really big red flag, right? Because let's say, knock on wood, your infant becomes really sick and needs antibiotics. Theoretically, then, the pesticides in these formulas could be predisposing your child to antibiotic resistance. That's kind of scary. So, and again, you gotta, if, if this is your first time hearing any of this, go research Monsanto. Learn about the papers in court that came out that uncovered the truth behind glyphosate, right? And how they manipulated many of the studies that a lot of these people in the health industry hold their hat on. All right, check this out. What's in here? Water, okay. Is it filtered, is it tapped? I don't know. Corn syrup solids. Okay, well, that's added in when they hydrolyze or break down proteins. Why? It's because when they hydrolyze and break down proteins, it has an odor and has a very particular color. This gives it a sweeter smell, a sweeter taste. Okay, 92% of the corn in the United States is genetically modified. There's no proof here that it's not genetically modified, particularly with their little small writing inset that they had in there. And a bigger concern, as big as a concern, is uh, the concern that it spikes up your blood sugar particularly the child's blood sugar. We don't want your infant's blood sugar spiking up every single day, three, four, five, six times a day, okay? So corn syrup solids are mostly sugar. It's also got something called palm oil. I wanna talk about palm oil a little bit. There was a uh, study that compared, and this was, the, this was the, one of my favorite dairy studies. It compared cheese to vegan cheese, right? Non-dairy cheese. And they said they both cause the same amount of inflammation, right? That was the conclusion. But then you look at the methods of the study and you see how sneaky and smart this dairy industry was. What they did was they took cheese and they compared it not with just vegan cheese, but vegan cheese and palm oil. Palm oil is one of the more inflammatory oils. It's really, really high in saturated fat. So what happens after that study is the conclusions were the same because they both had the same amount of inflammation or C-reactive protein results. Just by adding palm oil, that's how sneaky the dairy industry is as, as an aside, just so you have an idea about how manipulation of these studies happen. But yeah, palm oil is inflammatory likely because it causes an effect or it starts inflaming our digestive system by increasing the amount of endotoxins in our gut and then that getting into our blood. And also it's environmentally irresponsible to be supporting palm oil that isn't ethically sound. You, I, I submit you look into that and see what they do to the orangutan population. If you don't care about the environment, then care about what it does to the body. All right, it's got sunflower oil, okay? It's right there, sunflower oil. Um, what, it's almost 70% omega-6. Omega-6 are needed in our diet, okay? It's good for the skin, good for the bones, good for metabolism, good for reproduction. But the thing about sunflower oil and omega-6 in particular is that we have too much of it in our diet in comparison to omega-3s. Sometimes we see 20, 30 to one omega-6 to omega-3, when in reality it should be one to one, two to one omega-3 to omega-6. Omega the problem is with omega-6 is that when they're metabolized, they create something called arachidonic acid. And that's a pro-inflammatory mediator. And then that pushes the production of things like leukotrienes and prostaglandins. Those, those little proteins are the reason, or cytokines are the reasons why when you feel sick or in pain or inflamed, you feel like crap because there's really high amounts of those mediators in the body. So that's why we wanna stay away from really high omega-6 oils over and over in our diet, and particularly in an infant formula. Soy oil, the other oil in here, again, no guarantee that it's not genetically modified, right? It's got the non-GMO, it's got the non-GMO claim, 
but it's got the little inset in there that says a little bit differently, could contain trace amounts of, you know, but, but it's on GMO, right, Enfamil. Um, so along with dairy and corn, it's up there as one of the top allergens. And I always wonder, is soy one of the top allergens and corn one of the top allergens because of the food inherently in itself, or is it because it's highly sprayed and then we're eating the conventional and we're really just allergic to the pesticides, herbicides, insecticides. And again, this is another oil that is high in omega-6, about 50% of it is omega-6, not as high as the sunflower oil, but still high. So I really would love to see, and for Mill, more omega-3 oils in here as well, right? To counteract that, that ratio of omega-6 to omega-3s in a day, like flax oil or something, okay? All right, vitamins and minerals. There's a ton in here. You need vitamins and minerals if you have a growing baby, but it's unknown sourcing in here. You never know where the sourcing is coming from, particularly without the USDA organic label. The B vitamins are commonly derived from toxic coal tar. Vitamin C is commonly derived from GMO corn, right? So what we see here is unknown sourcing for the vitamins and uh, some of the poorest and unabsorbable forms of the vitamins as well. So this is a really crappy product. Anyway, so getting to the thick of things here now, we have the non-fat milk, okay? No organic label. Remember I said, if you do drink milk, it has to be organic, period. I'm gonna go into that later. But non-fat milk, no organic label. Milk is not genetically modified, right? It's not typically a GMO food. So this label, what they tell me here, non-GMO, means nothing. Milk has vitamins, minerals, fat, protein. It also has high levels of saturated fat, hormones, endogenous and exogenous hormones, right? Internal, like right, the hormone profile to make a cow, a little baby cow to a big boy cow, right? It also has hormones coming outside of it, right? And I'll go into that later. Antibiotics, environmental toxins, right? So like I said, that is already the concern with not having organic, organic uh, milk in here. And there's a little inset about RBST. So RBST is called recombinant bovine somatotrophin, and that's created by none other than Monsanto. And that's a fancy word for artificial growth hormone that increases milk production in cows. It's controversial because some say it increases a very specific protein called insulin gro growth factor one, right, IGF-1. Um, and you get trace amounts. Some say there's, you're not gonna get any through the milk. And then other studies will say, yeah, you get trace amounts and it gets into the blood and it causes issues. The big issues that it can cause is inflammation. And as we get older, and this is why I tell people, particularly with cancer, who have a history of breast cancer, prostate cancer, to not drink milk, is because it can push tumor growth, especially for hormonal uh, cancers. So that's why I said prostate and breast. Um, but inflammation is a big issue. So heating helps break down that protein. So great, you can heat it up. Um, but RBST cows, develop more mastitis. This is utter infections, right? So they're given more antibiotics than the normal cow, 25% actually more antibiotics than the normal cows. What this does is it increases pus in milk, right? So now you're getting more pus in the milk and you're theoretically, and as we see in studies a little bit more, getting antibiotics in the milk. Again, another controversy. Some studies say anal milk, anal antibiotics in the milk. Others say you're damn right there's antibiotics in the milk. That's from Health Canada internal report. But this is nothing new. Back in the 50s, they were finding antibiotics in milk. And this, is, this was surprising because I found a, a National Dairy Products Corporation review, right? Dairy industry, for once, they find something that sort of incriminates them, right? Because every study you see by, Duddy, by, by the dairy industry, those studies say, hey man, dairy is amazing for your bones. It's not. Dairy is amazing, get you strong. Dairy is amazing for children. It ain't, it ain't, it ain't. So 
it's so funny because that, you know, you'll see every study by the dairy industry being pro-dairy. But this is one thing that actually one admitted that there's not only antibiotics found in milk by the National Dairy Products Corporation, um, the release when they released the review. There's not only dairy uh, antibiotics found in milk, but there's also multiple different types of antibiotics found in milk. And the biggest concern they were talking about is antibiotic resistance, right? Especially in when the microbiome is formulating, right? Remember I talked about, what do antibiotics do? They, they just, they're like an atomic bomb on the gut for anyone, right? Especially infants. So um, it's happy to see that National Dairy Corporation was looking for solutions, right? But they did find different types of antibiotics in milk and uh, looking for ways to remediate that. They put some suggestions to remediate it. So look, you can worry about antibiotics in milk or you can really like start looking into other sources of milk. Um, you know, something interesting I found is one of the closest mammals or animal milk to us is zebra milk, but you, you know, you see no commercials for zebra milk or got zebra milk campaigns. Um, it's sort of silly to think that, yeah, we are, wh why has cows been chosen as the milk? Even horse milk is closer to us. I believe even rat milk is. Anyway, I'm digressing. It's got whey in here. That's a liquid that forms after milk is curdled and strained. It's a byproduct of the cheese industry. And at some point they were throwing it away and they go, hey, man, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. Can we make some money off of this stuff? So they're turning a profit and they created whey protein, which exploded. And look, I fell for it because when I was in college, I was a whey fiend. I was lifting, taking the whey, and guess what? My digestive system was a mess. And I swear to God, I don't even think it ever recovered since college and having taken in all that whey. But remember, Whey's new, it's novel, it's not evolutionarily a food, right? So our body, I'm sure, is gonna take very, very long time to adjust to whey intake. Anyway, it's got a great amino acid profile, okay? It helps increase the growth of bifidobacterium. That's awesome, it also strengthens the integrity. But it's also a huge source for gut distress. So if you have your baby and it's, it has colic and it's crying, you might wanna think about the whey in there or the milk, probably both. Another thing is whey is easily contaminated with insecticides, herbicides, fungicides, all that crap. And it's also easily contaminated with heavy metals. I can do a whole show on heavy metals and what it does to children and infants, but heavy metals are really a big problem to a developing brain in a child. So most of the whey is casein. Casein is the protein, so it's whey and casein. Most of whey is casein. And this protein is a major source of intolerance for people. This is why people really are intolerant to whey. I'm sure that I had a big issue with casein when I was taking whey and why I was getting bloated and burping and having stomach pain all the time. So um, the most concerning is the propensity for this protein, right? This casein protein to cause two things, inflammation and constipation. If your child or your infant has inflammation or constipation, it might be the way in the formula. It's particularly the A1 protein, okay? So what happens is it releases casomorphins, right? And that stimulates the gut inflammation in itself. When you couple that with constipation, great, there's fermentation, there's recirculation of these inflammatory metabolites in the gut. So then you're having systemic and gut inflammation just because of this protein. So you have to think about the predisposing factors that happen because now you have a child suffering from this because of the milk and the whey, and they have digestive issues, eczema, chronic ear infections, asthma, other infections. It's pretty incredible. And then you go to the pediatrician and they'll give you something to suppress all of that without never really, really suggesting, hey, it might be the formula because it's number one pediatrician recommended, of course. I'll say that again, number one pediatrician recommended brand 
It's got the medical symbol and everything. Number one, pediatrician. If this is the number one pediatrician recommended brand of formula, then the pediatricians need to go back and get some continuing education in nutrition. My God, I'm not trying to be dramatic here, but this is where we are at, right? If these are the professionals you're looking to, to give proper nutrition advice, and they're giving you and selling you this crap, Enfamil, your child's getting symptoms, like I mentioned, eczema, ear infections, asthma, gut distress, constipation, and you're going to the pediatrician, and they're giving you things to suppress those symptoms without ever, ever addressing that this is the cause of the issues of your child, because this is the number one pediatrician recommended brand, then that's a big problem. You gotta head out of that pediatrician office. You gotta run through the wall like a cartoon so your shape is on the wall and get yourself a brand new pediatrician who understands nutrition. Similac is the second one and it's pretty much, what I notice when analyzing these formulas is they're pretty much the same thing. They pretty much have the same ingredients in the same way. So this is the same thing, the Similac, no artificial growth hormones, um, no organic certification, can't prove me anything, can't prove no GMOs. Um, it, has a, it has an asterisk about genetically modified. I mean, it's literally the same formula as this Enfamil, and everything I said just goes the same for this. So the whole rant that I went on with Enfamil, I could have just switched it over and did the same thing with Similac, but I had to have grabbed the Enfamil because of the pediatrician recommended um, brand. But regardless, Similac is crap, period. Stay away from it. Before I move to the better ones, this Nutrimigen, which is actually the hypoallergenic formula by Enfamil, and this is the, the non-dairy one. This doesn't have rice, which is great, but it's also non-organic, doesn't say anything about genetically modified ingredients, and guess what? Some of the first ingredients are genetically modified foods, corn syrup solids, vegetable oil, it's got soy, sunflower oil, remember I was talking about inflammatory, non-organic milk, cornstarch. You, you see what I'm getting at? You look at the forms of the vitamins, the, vitam the minerals, poorly absorbed forms, unknown sourcing. So if your child ha has a dairy allergy, unfortunately, I I'm not gonna recommend this one either, okay? Oh man, okay, so why don't, why don't we get to a little bit more light? We need a little bit more light in our life, okay? Because we definitely, we definitely went, we went in on this. Let me, let me make this point before I get into the better ones, okay? Organic milk. Look, I, you know that I'm not a fan of milk, period. You know, like, I don't think it's for humans, you know that. Um, but again, I said it must be organic, and if there's ever a time in your life to have milk, it's when you're an infant, it's when you're a child, that's it because you're, you're physiologically uh, equipped to break down milk, okay? But it has to be organic because you don't have to worry about antibiotics, pesticides, herbicides, growth hormones. They have better omega-3 profiles, okay? So you wanna make sure that it's pasture-raised, it's not eating genetically modified corn or genetically modified soy, the cows, okay? Environmental toxins are still gonna be present. You can't get rid of that, especially things like dioxin, just posted on that. Dioxin will be in organic milk or non-organic milk, period. Um, and then again, the hormone profile, you're not gonna get away from that. Doesn't matter if it's organic milk or non-organic milk, the hormone profile is made for a cow. But a study at Emory University in Atlanta took 69 retail samples of conventional and organic milk. Antibiotic residues were found in 60% of conventional milk, but not in organic. Amoxicillin was found to be higher than the FDA limits. 
Also, bovine growth hormone, as I was talking about before, was found to be in 20 times higher amounts in the conventional samples than the organic ones. Also, 60% of the conventional samples also contain pesticide residues, some of the nastiest ones around, atrazine, right? Chlorpyrifos, permethrin, cypermethrin, diazinon, okay? Those are nasty ones. So what we found out now, conventional, we'll find more antibiotics, more pesticides, right? More of that growth hormone, all right, versus the organic ones. Okay, so let's go into the organic ones. Now, I'm going to admit, I don't do pediatrics. I have a few friends with some kids, so I know a little bit, but I've never been into it like that. So it really was a lot of work to learn about these formulas. Um, yeah, and, and just really analyzing them. But I know that one of the popular ones, especially on Instagram, that I was getting a lot of people requesting, and I've actually known some people to use it, is Holly. Holly's the German formula, right? The German infant formula. And um, it's worldwide popular. Uh, it's organic, non-GMO, biodynamic, right? That's a next step from organic, right? And biodynamic means using a holistic or ecological approach to farming and ethical practices. It's just, it's organic, but the next step up, okay? They pride themselves on the highest quality in terms of adulterants, right? So not worrying about pesticides, herbicides, insecticides, food coloring, preservatives. So already, I like that, okay? Again, I don't like milk, but it's milk, but it's organic milk. Still far from the best, but still the best of the rest. Now, they remove corn syrup solids, which I do like also, right? Because that's, it may be less palatable and the color may be weird and maybe the odor is weird, but by removing those corn syrup solids, I'm worrying less about that sugar spike in the children, okay? Um, it has so-so forms of vitamins and minerals. Um, not the best, but certainly more absorbable than the ones I was talking about. But I do think that Holly made a glaring mistake. When you look at Holly, they have fluoride. No child should be having fluoride, right? On top of that, most people are going to mix this with sometimes tap water or Brita water, which doesn't take out fluoride. Um, most people are not utilizing a really high quality water filter that is removing fluoride, which I think is one of the number one steps to do for anyone, for children especially. But I think a big mistake that Holly made in the formula is including fluoride, right? You never want to give your child fluoride. You never want to supplement fluoride for your child, especially, especially with what fluoride does to the nervous system of a child, particularly their brain. Even the people who I've been at odds with or the the organization I've been at odds with, the American Dental Association says, there's no proof of benefits before teeth emerge to ever use fluoride. The American Dental Association, right? This is something we agree on. I don't agree that they say you should use fluoride when you get older, but still, we beg to differ. That's another conversation. If you want to feel my sentiments and hear my sentiments, go back to episode five. I talk all about fluoride. Regardless, I think the biggest mistake that Holly made is to include fluoride in their in their formula, because now you are supplementing fluoride, which shouldn't be in a child's diet, and especially in those formula of years, right? So child doesn't have teeth, why the hell is there fluoride holly, okay? So better than holly, again, not the best because it has milk, um, is the Earth's best organic dairy. This is the infant formula with iron, there's a non-iron one, okay? Almost to the T, it's the same thing as Enfamil and Similac, except a few things. It removed corn syrup solids. Okay, great. Um, again, as I said, the same thing with Holly may make it a little less palatable, but I see a USDA organic label. Remember what I just told you about organic milk. 
great. Now I'm resting assured that my milk doesn't have antibiotics, hormones, pesticides, herbicides, insecticides. Now I'm not worrying that any of the food in here is genetically modified, right? Like the soy in particular, it does have soy in here. It does have the whey protein. So now I'm not worrying big picture. I don't have to worry about that stuff. It also has a non-GMO label. Okay, great. Okay, great. Um, what I do like and what I didn't find in Holly that this has is prebiotics, right? And that's really important for me because I want to know that there's prebiotics, right? This has fructo fructooligosaccharides in here, that there's prebiotics in here to help assist the growth of the child's gut. So one thing I do like about this formula is that Earth Best kept that in mind, how important gut health is. And I know that who did this? Honest Company did the same thing. They added prebiotics into their formula. Now, Honest Company, I wouldn't say is as good because it, this one takes away the corn syrup solids, but Honest Company adds in glucose syrup solids. So it's basically just pure sugar as a second formula or third. I don't like Honest nearly as much as I like this Earth Best one. So to be honest, I hear so much about Holly and I, I think it's great. It's very clean, but I think they made a major detrimental mistake by having fluoride in there, enough for me to never buy it. Um, I'm sorry for the Holly lovers. But yeah, at this point, the best I found is Earth Best. I'm, I'm still not happy it has milk. I'm still not happy it has whey, but it's still better than the ones that I spoke about earlier in the show. Okay. So I, I mentioned that it's really hard to find good quality formula, right? The biggest problem is that in all of the non-dairy formulas, which can be just as good and nutritionally dense, they're all putting in rice. And I don't know who missed the memo about rice and arsenic, but your child should not have be having concentrated rice syrup solids or rice syrup in their formula and having it four or five, four or five six times a day. So I'm hoping that someone out there comes up with a formula that doesn't have rice, certainly doesn't have whey, and certainly doesn't have milk and has a high quality one with no heavy metals. And when I go into heavy metals, this segues into it, I didn't talk about heavy metals on this because I didn't ask for the COAs from this company. So I would actually urge you, if you use any of these brands and using formula, ask for the COA, get that COA, look at the breakdown, it's probably gonna be a different language to you, but guess what? My friend Vivian at plateful.health, plateful.health, on Instagram on September 18th, and the 18th posted a uh, uh, a post about how to read and decipher these so you understand better. So that will be helpful for you. So I would recommend if you're using formula, let's do the other half. You guys do the other half of the work and look at the COA and check out what the heavy metals look like because the last thing you want is your baby consuming a crap ton of heavy metals, right? That's going to affect the brain, the nervous system, right? With amounts of lead, cadmium, mercury, arsenic, you just don't want that. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back to my heavy metal show. I spoke all about it. So one solution up to this point is maybe exploring making your own. That's one way to do it. Um, and you may be, be, you may be able to do that with a nutritionist or a dietitian who is less so tied into believing that we should be drinking milk or getting together with a naturopathic doctor, functional medical doctor, someone, a practitioner who can really guide you into doing this. Also finding about out as to why you're not producing milk and or why the baby may not be latching. And one of the last uh, recommendations I can make is looking into donor programs. There's formal and informal donor programs where they donate breast milk. The other problem is you don't know where the breast milk is coming from, right? So you don't know how the person's eating. You don't know what their habits and life are. 
right? So you don't know what's in that breast milk. I wish that there was really some standardized, high quality, like label for donor milk, but this is where we are. I'm here trying to help. I'm giving you the best information. I wish I could just come here and blow everyone away with the number one formula, but I promise you, I looked under every single rock. I found no good formula, okay? So the best of the best, as I mentioned to reiterate, is the earth best one. The worst of the worst are the Similase, uh, or the Similac and the Enfamil, and the Nutrimigen, and the Holly somewhere in the middle, but they need to take out their fluoride. Call them up and tell them, Dr. G says, take out your fluoride. All right. Ooh, now I can breathe. Now we can bring on the guests. I had to get all this off my chest. I really hope this helped. If it did, share this with anyone who is feeding their baby with formula because they need to know. And any prospective moms, dads out there, y'all need to know too. I'm here giving the love, giving the information, empowering you all. Let's get the special guests on because I am super excited. All right, everyone, today's special guest I'm so excited to go into because this is the first guest where we're going to talk about high vibe, deep, deep stuff, the stuff that really resonates, but the stuff that I've been willing and wanting to share with you for so long. This is Jesse Winyard. He's out of New Zealand. He's a speaker. He's a life coach. Man, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. This is the stars aligned and here we are. I've yeah. been in LA for like three days and yeah, yeah. Let me tell you, let me tell you the power of Instagram. I open up my friend, uh, Troy Casey, all right? Uh, he's the, her certified health nut, and he really is a nut. Uh, and, I, and I see you on his story, and I go, oh, who's this guy? Let me see. And I go on the page, and I go, wow, that is to the T everything that I've been preaching since I was in college, like mm -hmm. undergrad. And this is amazing that you've made uh, a, a job of this and helping so many people, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, like that's and it's amazing. crazy because I, I literally just met Troy that day or the day before. Yeah. And I met him through one of my friends through Instagram. So mm -hmm. the power of like connection yeah. and synchronicity, right? And then here we are. And then when we met, just automatic connection, same yeah. frequency. Yeah, we, we have, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. We, we met like less than 24 hours ago. Okay. That's, yeah. that's what we're trying yeah. to get at. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. now you're on the show. But that's how things happen, right? Like mm. when you're mm. of a mindset of vibration, similar vibration you attract and you create, right? Exactly, yeah, exactly, we attract. Yeah. I, I put up a post on Instagram the other day, your vibe attracts your tribe. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Exactly. Ain't yeah. it right? Yeah. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. You, you, you live in New Zealand, you're just yeah. visiting here, um, and you're a life coach. Yes. Correct. Yeah. And and what does that mean? Because I heard life coach, I hear health coach. Mm. What, 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 are, what are life coaches doing mm. regularly and what are you doing specifically? That's a great question, bro. Um, and I struggle a little bit with the whole label thing. Like mm -hmm. I call myself a life coach, but I, I feel like I'm so much more and so much more behind it. But you know, for, for, for the general population, um, life coach, you know, I basically help people with their life, yeah. <laughs> right, essentially. But it goes so much deeper than that, you know, on a mental level, physical level, spiritual level. But basically I run a company called Awaken the Alpha and uh, we run online courses, online coaching programs. Uh, we work with thousands of clients from all around the world, and we really help people master themselves, um, master their mind, their body, their emotions, um, and we help them really tap into their divine nature, their spiritual nature, because I feel like a lot of people um, have been, become very disconnected to that part of themselves. Um, and yeah, we run online courses, we run workshops, uh, retreats, I do keynote speaking, um, you know, so... You know, it's it's just I, I feel so blessed because, like you said, I've been able to create this life for myself. 
um, you know, being myself authentically and helping other people on this journey as mm -hmm. well. And, and the whole mission behind what we're doing is to really help um, create a, a new breed of awakened leaders yeah. that can help heal and transform the world while living a life of freedom and fulfillment. That's uh, like our mission statement because the world needs more awakened leaders, mm -hmm. more, more conscious leaders to mm -hmm. you know, spread this message of uh, you know, consciousness and love. And um, you know, every word that I say or we say today is gonna create, create a ripple effect. You know, everyone listening right now is going to find some kind of little gem from the conversation that we have that's gonna resonate with them, yeah. that's gonna create a little shift within them, and it's gonna actually help them on their life path. And yeah. it's beautiful how the whole thing's orchestrated. So. It's true, and, and, I, and I say that about just, just putting out words will not attach or stick to everyone, mm. but certainly it could stick to someone, and not at that time, but mm. it could sprout a little bit later. Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. right when the time's right, right, right when everything aligns, exactly. as we were saying. I was on a podcast uh, a couple of months ago with a good friend of mine back in New Zealand. He's got a he's got a podcast called Planting Seeds, and that's essentially what we're doing. We're just planting little seeds because we can't tell anyone what to do. We can't say, "Hey, go do this. You have to do this," because people no don't people do don't resonate with that. But it's all about sharing, um, expressing our truth, our stories, um, and our lessons, and our tools, and techniques, and medicines, yeah. um, and the, the medicine is in the, the seeds that we're planting. And yeah. like you said, that seed will, will eventually grow into something beautiful, so. It sure does. Yeah. And, and I think there's so much to be said about intention, right? Mm -hmm. Literally like reaching out to say your program, mm -hmm. right? Uh, your company, that's intention because they're already creating or getting those gears going. Exactly. That attention energy flowing. Exactly. Yeah. So um, just those who are listening and wanting to hear this episode, that intention's there to learn more because mm. we are all curious beings and we want to explore our truth. Mm. And at the end of the day, we all have the same truth, right? Mm -hmm. We're just, we're deep, deep love, exactly. unconditional high vibration love. Mm. It's just whatever path you're taking there, yeah. you know? Yeah. So um, interesting, you told me in the car a little bit about your path. You, you, you had some, you had a rough upbringing, mm. right? Yeah. And, and a lot of the time, many folks will perpetuate and stick with that consciousness throughout their life. Mm, yeah. um, but maybe you can go into a little bit how that relativity created, mm. you know, that sprout and that blossoming of where you're at now. Yeah, man. Well, basically for me, like I was born into a very traumatic um, life experience. So um, just to give the listeners a little bit of insight into my story, um, my my father was very abusive, very violent um, to both myself and my mom. So the, for the first like six years of my life, we were literally on the run. Um, we were traveling all around New Zealand, staying in different like women's refuge homes and stuff like that. So from pretty much from the get go, like I was born into this like uh, traumatic environment. So I had to deal with a lot of, I had to witness a lot of things and I had to deal with a lot of emotions from a young age. And basically, all of those traumas that I had to experience and all of the um, emotions that I had to feel, because you know, I was a kid, I didn't know how to deal with negative emotion. I didn't know how to deal with trauma efficiently. Mm -hmm. um, basically everything that happened, um, it kind of, not just for me, but for everyone, it creates our personality. So all of the experiences that we go through, all of the emotions that we feel and the way that we respond to those emotions creates our personality. So for many, you know, I work for a lot of men, for, for a lot of men that grow up without a father figure there, there's a, uh, there's a, there's a um, nature to become rebellious mm -hmm. and angry. 
mm. right? Resentful um, towards themselves, towards the world. They projected onto their others, uh, into other people, onto their relationships, and that was me. So like I, I grew up um, very angry, uh, very resentful, um, very insecure, mm. lacked discipline, lacked confidence mm. because I didn't have that like masculine role model there. Um, my mum did an amazing job, and my mum was very spiritual. So I was raised in the Christian faith. Um, I didn't stay on that Christian path for my entire life, but I was raised with that faith. You know, I had that connection with God, and I was taught how to pray. I was taught how to heal from a young age, um, how to use like the hand chakras to, to heal. Um, I learned about energy. Um, my mum was also very open as well, so she taught me a lot about um, the universe, the universal laws. Um, you know, the law of correspondence, the law of polarity, the law of attraction, mm. manifestation, vibration. So I learned all of this stuff from a very young age, which I'm like blessed to, to have been taught because um, a lot of people never even heard of these things before. They're very, it's like ancient knowledge. And so I, was, I, I got given all these tools from a young age, but I was in this like challenging life path, you know, very emotionally challenging. Like we didn't have any money, um, you know, we were evicted from homes. Mm. Um, you know, I, I was dealing with all these like internal battles. So like I ended up running away from school, uh, sorry, uh, running away from home and dropping out of high school and, you know, just doing, doing all the things that you do when you're a teenage kid with anger problems. Right. Um, so yeah, that was basically like my first like 15 or 16 years and it wasn't all bad. I mean, there's so many good things as well, but when I look back on that chapter of my life, it was like, it was quite dark. It was a quite a dark, dark time for me. Um, and then basically, you know, uh, I think the big awakening for me happened when I was, um, it was, I had run away from home. So there was this one point where I ran away from home, gone into a massive fight with my mom, um, going through problems with my girlfriend at the time. And I basically left um, home and I ran away from home for about a year. And I was just like staying in between different people's houses and stuff like that. And during that time, um, you know, I was drinking, doing drugs, partying, you know, didn't have any money, didn't have a job or anything, just like living day by day. Mm. And I had like a victim mentality. So the victim mentality was, you know, it wasn't my fault. It wasn't my responsibility. It was, it was my mom's fault. It was my dad's fault. It was the government's fault. It was the education system's fault. It was everyone else's fault, but my own. And I lived that for like a year. And then after a year, I, I, I saw that the world around me was um, evolving without me. I could see people that I was growing up with, they were like going on, moving on to bigger and better things, doing things, creating success in their life. And I was like, wait a second, why am I still in the same place that I was one year ago? And I realized, I just made a realization that, oh shit, it's because I haven't done anything to change it. I haven't, ch I haven't taken responsibility. Um, so that was like the big, like a massive wake up call. And this was when I was like, I think 18 years of age. Like I had to take responsibility because if I don't take responsibility now, um, I'm probably going to end up in jail, end up in a gang, or end up killed. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm not going to be I'm not going to be in a in a positive. Yeah. And I knew deep down because my mom always you know raised me with faith. She she taught me all of this amazing stuff from a young age. I knew that I I had potential. I knew that I was here for a purpose. Um, one of the quotes that my mom taught me. Uh, from a young age, I think it's from the Bible, was um, God gives his toughest battles to his strongest soldiers. Mm. And that always resonated with, with me. So whenever I went through any kind of low point, it was like, I just remembered that quote, God gives his mm. toughest battles to his strongest soldiers. And I realized that I was going through all of this for a reason. But when I made that realization to take responsibility, I had to like 
transmute all of that negative shit and turn it into some positive shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh -huh. And that was a, probably a lot of power you had behind that, right? Yeah. Because it was like building up all of this negativity, you know, and like polarity, right? Mm -hmm. Boom, like changing that. So ch how did you shift that? How did you shift those life experiences? How did you, how did you get out of that perpetual cycle? It all came down to a decision. It was like, cause I was living the same life every day, drinking, drugs, partying every day was pretty much the same cycle. Mm. And then, and all the people around me were doing the same things. All the people around me were in the same mentality. <clears throat> they were like on the same frequency. Yeah. So I kind of just realized, well, if I don't change anything now, if I, if I don't actually break out of the cycle, um, like I said, I'm going to end up in a, in a bad yeah. place. So it came down to a choice and because I had been raised with all of these powerful gifts, um, and I had been taught all of this powerful information from a young age, the law of attraction, manifestation, vibration. I, I kind of had an understand, a little bit of an understanding about this. I was like, okay, cool. It comes down to me. I have to make a choice to break out. So I remember it was like, I can't remember the exact year, but it was January 1st. It was a New Year's resolution, <laughs> literally. Perfect timing. And I was like, okay, this is the year that I'm going to sort my life out. So I went back home. I, I apologized, took responsibility to, to my mother. Um, she actually gave me a book at the time, which was called The Secret. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you guys mm -hmm. all know about The Secret. And, you know, I was 18. I knew about all these things, but getting, you know, that book given to me at that specific point in my life was just divine timing. So I read that book. And because I had made that decision to, you know, I, I had that thought to make the decision to change my life. And I was reading this book. It was all just speaking directly to my soul. And I just decided to follow everything it was teaching me. You know, I decided to put those intentions out there. Like you said, intention. What do I want? Well, I want to. I want to live a life where I'm able to, you know, be financially free. I want to mm -hmm. be abundant. I want to be able to travel and have amazing experiences, amazing relationships. I want to do all these things. Um, so I started to like think about that stuff, mm -hmm. and focusing my energy on those things. Um, and then the ripple effect. You know, that that's how the universe works. As soon as you shift your focus to something it creates this like momentum and everything just starts to change. Mm -hmm. And literally within the, within the space of three months, um, January 1st, I think it was like March, I can't remember the exact date, it was like sometime in March that year. Um, within three months, I became a fully qualified um, health coach, personal trainer at the time. Um, and then I, I had manifested my dream job, which was traveling the world, working as a health coach, mm -hmm holding health seminars, speaking on cruise ships. I, I got to um, travel over 24 different countries from That's around amazing. the world. Um, I was making more money than I've ever made in my life. Mm -hmm. um, met so many amazing people on those journeys. And that was in the space of three months, like literally homeless, broke, nothing to doing like living my dream life three months time. Sure. Yeah. And that just shows the power of intention. So then how does uh, you say making the decision, mm. but what parts are there to the decision? Because there's a lot of people who are sort of in the dark as to like, all right, well, look, I have a shitty job. Mm. I don't like my job. Mm. I kind of don't like my boyfriend. I kind of like my girlfriend. Like what decisions do we make and how do, how do we start shifting or transmuting that energy as you mentioned? Mm. I think it just comes down to understanding what we don't want first and then understanding what we do want. Because as soon as we understand what we actually want and then we recognize that we can have that if we wanted to, then you have to ask yourself the question, well, why don't I have that? If I, if like, if I'm in a relationship that I'm not happy in, why am I there? Mm. You, have to, you have to start asking yourself those powerful questions. Why am I in this relationship? Why am I in this job? And then when you ask yourself, 
you have all the answers within you. So why am I in this relationship? Oh, it's because I feel lonely when I'm alone. Mm. Well, then you've just learned something about yourself. Yeah. Um, why am I in this job? Well, I'm in this job because I, I need the money. I need to pay bills. Cool. Well, um, could you do something else mm -hmm. that can make that money and pay the bills? And if so, what would be the thing that you could that you would do um, that would you would actually enjoy? Yeah. And it's just about asking yourself those powerful questions. And I think a lot of people they just they give all their power away. Um, they and and that's because of the way the society is structured. You know, yeah. we, we we live in a society that has disempowered us, so that we don't we don't really know to ask those questions because we we just. We, we have no idea that we can actually break out of that cycle. We just think that we're destined to to live in a life, li live a life path that we don't actually enjoy. You know yeah, I mean? and th th for every, all throughout the world, mm. that's just been society's programming that, yeah, mm. we are to do this. We are to be in this job that, you know, we kind of like, but maybe kind of really don't like. Mm. But the intention is in asking those questions already, right? Mm. Remember we talked about intention, like yes. getting the things flowing and moving? Yeah. Like, why am I in this relationship? Mm. If you ask that question already, that seed has Power, been planted. Powerful question. Yeah. And even if you don't get the answer straight away, it'll come to you. Like it'll come. The universe will give you some kind of life experience to show you, okay, like this is why you're yeah. here. Is this what you want? Mm -hmm. You know, And that's something that I've learned through my journey is every time you make like a shift within your mentality or within yourself, um, like the external universe will always match that internal shift. Mm -hmm. So if you make a, if someone's listening right now, I can guarantee this will happen for like whoever's listening. If you take something from this from this podcast and something creates a little shift of perspective for, for the person, for any of us, immediately life will change instantly because the external reality is a reflection of our internal reality. Mm -hmm. So if we come to a realization like, I'm not happy in my relationship anymore, well, you're going to go home to your partner and then all the things that make you unhappy in the relationship, they're going to show themselves to you because you've, you've opened your lens up and you've become aware of that part of yourself. Mm -hmm. And the world is just a reflection of the self. Yep. You know, so it's, um, yeah. It's that's that's powerful. powerful. Yeah. And, and, we, and I think that is a really important take home for the listeners and the viewers mm -hmm. is to understand that the world that you experience, your human experience is a reflection mm -hmm. Of your thoughts, your words, your actions, everything mm. going on inside. Exactly. So, does then that make it more important for us to be on top of what goes through our head mm, and what, what we're definitely. saying, what we're doing, what we're being? Hundred percent. And th and that comes down to taking responsibility. So, like, as soon as you you take responsibility for your life, it's taking responsibility about what you're putting into your body, how how what how the food that you eat impacts your health, how the food that you eat impacts your mindset, what you're putting into your mind, like, what are you watching, what are you listening to, what kind of conversations are you engaging in, you know, it's all about you know becoming just aware of mm -hmm. everything that you're doing and the ripple effect that everything you're doing is creating yeah because we unconsciously do a lot of things that don't serve us we we take in we, we consume a lot of things that don't serve us and our highest purpose and it just comes down to looking all at all those areas of our life and just being honest with yourself taking responsibility and if you notice that something isn't serving you or something that you you don't feel particularly good about then it's your responsibility to change it. No one yeah. else's. Yeah, yeah. I call it auditing your life. Or like, it, that, yeah. It's funny that you say that because every single week in my program, we do something called a life audit. Yeah. So literally every single week we go through like five pillars of our life and we rate every single aspect, mind, body, emotion, relationship, finances, food, exercise. Everything. And we rate everything on a scale of one to 10. And if anything is below five, why? Mm. And then it gives my clients the ability to like like take responsibility and make the necessary changes to 
to, to change it. I love that. Mm. I, I really do because you're, you're forcing these folks to do it way more than I say. I say mm. just do it every month or so. But like, mm. if you can weekly just, you know, get well, a journal or it could reflect. even be like, like I would even suggest to get to a point like weekly, like monthly is great. Weekly is really good because we work in like a very, like I work hard with my clients. We go through a lot of information. We're doing a lot of deep work with these guys and they invest good money into it, you know? So like I'm giving them that service. Um, but you know, on, on the, on the, on the spiritual path or the path of personal development, you want to be able to get to a point where you're constantly auditing yourself, like mm -hmm. throughout your entire day. Like if something doesn't resonate with you, okay, why? If something triggers you, well, why am I getting triggered by yeah. that? You know, it's like a constant, it's not like, but like starting with like set times. Yeah. It's, yeah. That's why journaling and like all of these things are really powerful, mm -hmm. but eventually you just want to get to a point where you're always observing. Questioning. Yourself. Yeah. yeah. Being always. that silent observer and saying, yeah. Why did that person's words trigger me mm. when on the surface it wasn't really even mm. offensive? Yeah, exactly. Obviously, you have something in there that you got to really address. Mm. So then, how do people address this stuff? Like, like, do we have to go in and meditate for forty-eight hours, and then we find mm. out? Because there's a lot of traumas that people don't know mm. that are sponsoring their daily thoughts, words, and actions. Hundred yeah. percent. And I know that that's a lot of work, but mm. but is there ways that people can reflect better? What do you suggest? That's a, that's, a, that's a tough question, man, because there's so many different methodologies out there. There's so many tools out there that to, to, to um, you know, expand one's consciousness mm -hmm. and awareness of themselves. But I think like it really starts with just, number one, asking those powerful questions to begin with, and then finding some kind of practice that is going to strengthen that level of awareness. And I think you know, meditation, um, breath work, um, are two tools that I teach my clients from the from the get go, mm -hmm. but something that I teach my clients on week one of our of our academy program is something called um, finding your your place of power. Um, the, your place of power is essentially the um, the present moment, okay, right here in the present moment. Because whenever we're thinking about the trauma we're experiencing in the past, whenever we're um, we're creating stories about the future. We're living in the future. Anxiety, depression, you know, being non-present. So I think the first thing, and that's why I teach it in week one of our program, is learn how to be present. Just be here in the now and be, like you said, the observer. And I think that's the, one of the most important things. Just understanding that, you know, don't, don't identify so much with like your thoughts. Don't identify so much with your emotions. Just understand that they're a part of your experience. And when you're in the present moment, fully not just like half present because a lot of people think being present is like watching tv that's not being present being present is like with you with yourself right here right now deeply connected with your inner self when you can find that place of power um then you can ask those quite powerful questions and that's when you know that that's when you can start to to to, to get the answers or the clarity yeah. that you seek and to get to your place of power it just requires tuning in it just requires you know breathing focusing on the breath <sighs> right yeah just one breath and just repeat yeah. and, and some people that live really high stress environment uh really high stress uh, lives it might take a few minutes of breathing um but i think everyone needs to realize that they have that ability to come into this present moment to detach from all the things that are creating all of this like stress and anxiety in their life they can actually detach from that bring it bring it back find that place of power and within the place of power this is what i tell my clients there's three things the first thing in your place of power 
is you are at peace, okay? And I think peace is so important for every single one of us to learn because peace doesn't necessarily mean happiness. Um, you can, you can like, if you're going through a super challenging experience in your life, um, it's hard to find positivity in that straight away. Okay, I can't say to someone, oh yeah, your, your, your friend or your family member's um, suffering with cancer, you know, just be happy anyway. You can't do that. Sure. But what you can do is you can find peace. And peace transcends the, du the duality. It, it transcends the happiness-unhappiness paradigm. So when you find peace, you no longer, um, you, you're, you're able to find peace within the chaos. Right, so if you're stuck in traffic and you're feeling all triggered and like you're angry and everyone's honking, you can find peace in that chaos and, and whatever the life experience is. So that's the first thing. Second thing is flow, right? Finding the flow. So uh, you know, a lot of when we go through life, um, we make our experience harder for ourselves, our journey harder for ourselves by the amount of resistance that we have towards what's happening on the outside. So if something on the outside is like triggering you or, 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 or challenging you in some kind of way, um, we tend to have this like resistance, like I don't want to feel this, I don't want to go through this. Place of power, there's no resistance because you're present and that's when you move into the flow. And when you're in the flow, that's when everything just starts happening for you. Mm -hmm. So it's important to always be in the flow. Whenever you notice that resistance, it's, you can feel it within your, within your body and within your nervous system. Just bring it back, let it, let it go. And then the final part, the final reason why the place of power is so important is because it taps you into your limitless potential. Because when you're fully present, uh, you know, and you're, you're able to tune into infinite possibility, you're able to tune into the, the quantum realms, which mm -hmm. is, you know, something that we, we might talk about. Um, we're able to tune into the higher dimensions, if you will, or, or the universe or the subconscious mind or whatever word or label like resonates with the listener. You're able to tune into that. Um, that place within you that holds infinite information. Um, and when it comes to your career, your business, your relationship, that's where all the answers lie. Mm -hmm. It lies within that space within you where all the answers, where you have access to all that inf infinite information. Mm -hmm. That's where you ask the powerful questions. That's where you set your intentions. Yep. Um, and, you can, and, and if you can learn, if you can train a person to stay in that state as often as they can, um, which is a practice, it takes a long time to be able to stay in it, um, but if you eventually, for enough practice, you can stay in that, that place of power, man, that's when you really become the creator yeah. of your reality, yeah. like consciously. Yeah, yeah. That's when you blaze fires, shift mm. industries, change the world. Mm. Understand that your, your potential is limitless, yeah. like you said. Man, I've, you, with enough practice, I believe just even meditating, you're tapping into it more and more mm. and more and more. And the best thing is it transcends your waking life. Mm. And then you, you, it sort of becomes your point zero, mm. right? Because we yep. live in this autopilot reactive yep. world, right? Where we, we're never the observer of our thoughts. Yep. But this, I, I didn't learn breath work till later, mm. even after meditation, ironically so. But mm. breath work is so important too because... Yeah, man. Shoot, man! Like it's even quicker. Yeah, breathwork. Breathwork is amazing, and I, it's it's really cool that we're talking about this because this week in my program, I'm still working while I'm over here, and um, we did a, a coaching video with my clients um, on the Awaken the Alpha Academy on I think it was on Tuesday, Monday, and um, it was all about breathwork and it was all about um, emotional transmutation, which is another technique that we teach. Um, and breathwork is so powerful because literally in the space of like five to ten minutes, 
like not even that, like five minutes, you can literally get that, get to that place of power. Um, you know, you can get to that alpha brainwave frequency mm-hmm. um, and you can you know, supercharge the body, alkalize the body, um, you know, tap into the nervous system all within the space of like five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, yeah, so br- breath work and place of power, like in, in my, these are just like words and I'm using labels. There's so many different other words for them, but bringing those two things together um, and making that like an intentional practice that you do every day man, it'll like change your life. <laughs> yeah, and I, I tell people like, th- this is why I always push rituals is because rituals mm-hmm. really gives you your, the me time, mm-hmm. the reflection time. Yeah. Um, but even if you don't have, because I'm always saying, try to take an hour in the morning and try mm-hmm. to take some time at night. If you have 15 minutes, breath work takes like five, 10 minutes, you mm-hmm. know? At night, you can meditate for five, 10 minutes, mm-hmm. 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever it is. But at just having those two things to put you in that place of power, mm-hmm. I, I want to call it the place of greatness. Yep. Right. Place of Whatever greatness, it man. is, like that, it. like we all have access to that. Mm. You mentioned something, and this is where people, this is this we may lose people, <laughs> but not the way we're going to explain it. We're going to be really good at this. Yeah. Quantum. Quantum. Yes. Quantum. Right. Yep. We are, we are always connected to this quantum field because mm. we're made up of this quantum energy, mm. and quantum physics is a a branch of science that is really, mm. it's re, it's so intriguing but so hard to put your finger on because it's Mm. very evasive at understanding Mm. scientifically. Mm -hmm. But that quantum field, what is it to you? To me, that's a great question. So quantum, I came across quantum physics a few years ago. Um, I started um, doing a lot of work, uh, doing a lot of work. I started uh, doing a lot of research into, um, you know, Greg Braden's work, Mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not too sure if you follow their work, but amazing people. And, And they've, they're, they're, it's really cool because they've been, they're, those these kinds of people are like the way showers. They're like these are the guys actually doing the work. They're, they're they're doing the research. They're collecting the data on like thousands of people from around the world. And I started to see how these people with science they like um, heal themselves with like cancers and like all these different diseases and like through this thing called the quantum. And I started doing a lot of research into it. And as I was researching into like what quantum physics was all about and learn, starting to try and wrap my head around um, the, the scientific components to it, it made me uh, more aware of everything that I already knew from my own spiritual path and my own subjective experience. So quantum physics is great because it's, it's taking spirituality and, and a lot of the, the concepts and the ideas um, that people have been using for thousands and thousands of years. Um, but it's, it's, it's looking at it from like a scientific perspective, which is allowing us to understand because knowledge is key, knowledge is power. So if you can, if you get someone that isn't so spiritually open um, or spiritually in tune and you get them to um, look at something about quantum physics, then they can start to logically understand it a little bit better. But to answer your question, bro, quantum phys- the quantum realm for me is just really a name for the you know, the, the multi-dimensional universe that we live in. Mm. Um, and I'm a be- big believer, and this is not just from like my opinion, this is just from my experience, um, from what I've actually experienced through, you know, many different practices, you know, m- deep meditation, deep breathwork, holotropic breathwork, DMT, you know, psychedelics, mm. all of these things that I've experienced on my journey. Um, it gives you, you know, when you start to do this inner work and you start to like transcend a lot of those like, negative emotions and those traumas and you start to like let all that stuff go that's when you really start to become more in tune with like who you actually are Mm -hmm. and who we actually are we are actually you know divine beings we're Mm -hmm. actually 
um, consciousness that is piloting through this physical form. Mm. And this consciousness that we are is, is infinite. So if you think about like, if we're to like try and break it down to, 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 see, to, to explain it how I see it, you know, we live in a multi-dimensional universe. Like this reality that we're in right now is the third dimension, the 3D measured by time and space. So, you know, it takes me time to get from New Zealand to LA. Um, and, you know, there's space in between that. But when you start to look at things from higher dimensional perspectives, um, then there is no time and space. Um, information, you know, so, so, so time, you know, for example, if, if you're to imagine like a, like a, like a realm of infinite information and this realm is really what is connecting everything in this physical dimension together so i believe that the entire universe that we live in there is an intelligence that is um that is uh running the whole thing so mm -hmm. if you look i mean you're you're a doctor so if you look at like the physical body the autonomic nervous system that's all just happening yeah. like our body knows how to do all this yeah. stuff without us even to have to having to consciously think about it if you go out into a rainforest or a jungle everything's just happening everything's growing everything's all happening the way nature intended it to so all of that 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 energy and that intelligence is connected by a unified field of of consciousness i, I in my in my personal experience and opinion and within this field that connects every single one of us together lies an infinite amount of information and this information can be thought it can be um it could be specific timelines whatever you can imagine exists mm -hmm. right so the way i like to explain it is our imagination is the gateway into the quantum realm and when you can start doing this work the breath work you know the meditation and then you can start to utilize your own power of imagination you can actually start to tap into this realm and this is where the this is where um a lot of like the 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 visions come from and mm -hmm. um you know this is where i mean we could we could go really deep into this if we wanted to but this is where you can start to, to connect with higher forces or, mm. or whatever you would like to inspiration ins even inspiration things like that. exactly yeah i couldn't have said it better that is pretty much the way i describe the quantum field the quantum mm. realm like as a doctor like i never didn't respect what the body does. Mm. If you have a cut, the body knows exactly what it needs to do to heal it. Exactly. But we never questioned that from, you know, when we were five years old, when we scraped our knee. Mm. And in medicine, we sort of strayed away at working with the body's intelligence mm. that is coming from that quantum field mm. with the body's intelligence and thinking that we're smarter than the body. Mm. And maybe that's a microcosm of what we're doing in society, mm. right? Yeah. Just thinking we can outsmart everything else when in, like you said, we have our own natural impulses that happen mm. organically, right? Through this powerful oversight or overseer, overseer mm. um, like like an ocean, basically. Exactly. An ocean of information. An ocean of infinite information. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, and we are a drop. And we're and we're just a drop, <laughs> exactly. but we're also that ocean, which we is crazy. Also, which exactly. Are, yeah. So then, how does one hone in all of like? I know you said getting into that present moment, mm. getting into that moment of greatness that mm. we were talking about. The imagination is the gateway, and you mentioned that. Mm. Are you are you talking about visualization now? That folks can visualize their their life or what they want to create. Mm. We're getting into secret territory, yeah. but there's a lot of truth in the secret mm. too. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's there's a lot of quantum stuff. Yeah. 
But then also people will say on the secret stuff, hey, look, I want to imagine a Ferrari. Why isn't it outside yeah, of my house? Yeah. I don't Classic. get it. Yeah, yeah. Right? You know, so so what do, you, what do you have to say to all of this? That, that, that's a great question, man. And um, I think Dr. Joe Dispenza breaks it down really, really well. I, I reference him a lot. And um, he, he talks a lot about, uh, you know, vibration. And the whole universe is vibrating. It's one of the hermetic laws is... Uh, the law of vibration. Everything is moving. Everything is vibrating. Everything is energy, right? We are energy. You know, literally around our body, we have an electromagnetic field mm -hmm. that surrounds our body like an egg-shaped form. Mm -hmm. This electromagnetic field that surrounds us is a projection of our thought frequency and our feeling frequency. Um, our beliefs and, you know, everything that our personality is what broadcasts these frequencies, right? Now, thought frequency is electric in nature, electric frequencies. Feeling frequency, heart frequency, um, emotional frequency is magnetic. So your thought and your feeling frequencies are electromagnetic. Now, the cool thing about quantum physics is information um, found within the quantum realm is also measured by electromagnetic frequency. So when you start to think about something and you start to feel it, what happens is you're broadcasting a certain signal out into the universe, out into, into the quantum, and you actually start to draw in what the uh, the information or the experience or the people or the relationships or the things um, that match that same frequency, and it really depends on the the level of um, the, the 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 rate in which you are vibrating at. So when it comes down to the person asking, why can't I just manifest a Lamborghini? Well you have to ask the person, do you genuinely believe that you're gonna manifest it? And they're gonna say no. And then if they say no, well, there you go. <laughs> you're, you're broadcasting doubt, yeah. right? So how, how do you expect to manifest the Lamborghini? Like I could say, I'm gonna manifest the Lamborghini right now, but I doubt that because I don't believe that I'm gonna manifest because mm. I know that, that it, it takes time. Like the, the 3D, right? To, to take things from like the, the quantum realm or the spiritual realm, um, and for, for this um, information to actually manifest itself into matter, it takes time. Mm -hmm. If we were to be instant manifestors, um, our lives would be completely fucked up. Yeah, it'd be pretty, cra it'd be pretty crazy, <laughs> Because half right? the time we're thinking about negative shit, I know. right? So, so it takes time. Um, but something that I learned from uh, another great master, Sadhguru, I don't know if you're, you're, you're familiar with no, him, he's, a, he's an Indian uh, teacher, yogi. And um, he explains that, that there's four dimensions to manifestation um, and in order to manifest something into your life you have to be man you have to be focusing on this specific thing with all four of your these dimensions um, the first dimension is your mental right so the mental is your thought frequency so if you're visualizing right like you said visualizing using your imagination visualizing what you actually want you know so closing your eyes getting to that place of power getting to that limitless state and actually start visualizing what you actually want opposed to what you don't want because half the time we're always thinking about things that we don't want and we wonder why like our life's pretty shitty right so visualizing what you want right is 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 what creates that electric frequency that's the first dimension um, and doing that as often as you can, not just with like your goals in life, but just with your day-to-day -day experience. Like how do you want the day to, to turn out? Start visualizing it because your body follows your mind, right? So if you start visualizing how you want your day to turn out, your body will literally follow it because 95% of what we do is unconscious. And by visualizing, you're actually reprogramming your, your, your subconscious mind mm -hmm. and therefore you're reprogramming your body to start moving in that direction. So the, 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 the mental dimension is very important. 
The second dimension of manifestation is your emotional dimension. And the emotional dimension is your feeling. So when you get into that visualization state, it's cool to be able to like see it and like see the, the, the travel, see the country that you're traveling to, see the um, relationship that you want to be in um, or whatever it is that you're wanting to create. But it's another thing to feel like you're actually there. And when you feel it, like you feel the, the, the sand on your toes, you feel the wind, you know, the, the, the Californian wind blowing <laughs> on your face. Um, you feel, you know, the love from the person that you're with. You feel the experiences and you actually feel the excitement. You feel the joy. You feel the happiness. What that does is it starts to reprogram us on a, on a subconscious level. So what you're doing is you're literally starting to take this information from this visualization that you're creating, you're taking the information and you're bringing it into this physical body and your body starts to make the necessary changes. And this goes deep. Like if you look at Dispenza's work, this is where people start to heal themselves because they're visualizing and feeling what it would feel like to be cancer free. Mm -hmm. And then it actually happens in their body, mm -hmm. which shows that this is like not just some woo woo stuff. This is actually like legitimate yeah. shit. So that's the second dimension. The third dimension is, is also important. And this is the physical dimension. You've got your mental visualization thought, you've got your um, emotional, which is your feeling frequency, the electromagnetic frequency, and then you've got your physical dimension, which is the actual action that you take, right? And that's something that cannot be overlooked because th there is no law of attraction without the law of action, right? So you need to be able to take aligned action with that visualization. So you, you're, you're, you're visualizing it, you're feeling it, excites you, and then you go out and actually do something about it. And then when you combine those three things, then the universe will start to provide you with all the relationships and the, the connections and the experiences. But then the fourth dimension is where it gets really powerful. And this is when the, this is when you start to get into like manifestation mastery. And this is when you've got your, you've got your, uh, you've got your mental dimension, you've got your feeling dimension, you've got your uh, physical dimension, which is your aligned action then it gets into your spiritual dimension. And this is like your soul. And this is when you really start to understand um, what your purpose is here on this planet. Mm -hmm. Like, why are you here? And a lot of people don't know this. And, and, and for the people listening, don't like put so much pressure on yourself to understand this straight away. It's something that will come to you on this path um, that you're on, this, this journey. Um, but when you, when you tap into your spiritual self, the soul, um, this is like why you're here, what your purpose is, what your mission is. So for me and yourself, we're very clear on what our mission is. Like, I know why I'm here. I know why I'm here on this planet. I know what my gifts are, and I know exactly what I'm doing. So when you can apply that to the other three dimensions, man, that's when the magic really, really starts to happen. But even if you can apply one or two of those dimensions, you know, that's a start in the right direction. But for everyone listening, you know, really look at those four things. You know, what are you thinking about? What are you feeling? What kind of action are you taking? And how aligned are you with your purpose? Do you even have a purpose? And if you don't, start asking those questions. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better. Those are the exact, the, that's what I've been trying to tell people from the get-go. You, you know, like, what does it look like? Mm. What does it taste like? What does it feel like? You have to ask before, you know, you make this declaration that I want to create this. Mm. What are the layers to it? I think it's so much more simple to just do it in four different ways too. Mm. Um, so what power, that's so, so powerful. Mm. That information is so powerful. What I found in my whole experience of doing manifestation for quite some time now is my biggest block was the, the physical, the expectation. Mm. Like yeah. literally 
talking the talk yeah. was very difficult for me because I still would go back to that self-doubt. Mm, yeah. So that's a big one. It's, it's a big huge. Yeah. It, it's huge. So the power of expectation, mm. like, no, I expect, let's say you do want a Lamborghini Ferrari. I expect to have that car. Mm. And then going back, and one thing I found was very helpful for me is I would say it and I'd say it, I'd say it, I'd say it, and I'm uncomfortable the first time, uncomfortable the second time. Mm. Oh, that's not true the third time. Mm. Yeah, okay, fourth time. Mm. Until maybe the 20th time, 30th time, I was like, oh, that felt true. Mm. And I kept doing that mm. every single day until, you know, it came to the first time I'd say it, I go, you know what, well, damn, like I just convinced myself that that's true. Mm. And I think that that's a really powerful way mm. too, to have that repetitive thought. Mm -hmm. It's like when you speak those words, your, your neurons in your brain, mm. they're so plastic that they start reconnecting differently. Yep. So that doubt starts lowering, lowering, lowering over time. Yeah, definitely. So it's so powerful just mm. to literally like, in the beginning, you could even fake it till you make it yep. until your brain goes, well, damn, that might be true actually. Mm. And, that's, and, and that's like the power of affirmation and mm -hmm. like reprogramming your mind. And that's like such a powerful way to, to change your life. Um, I think the, the only um, slight challenge with uh, sharing that with other people is that um, often, not all the time, but often expectation can lead to disappointment. Mm -hmm. So for example, if you, um, if let's say like someone's wanting to manifest like a certain amount of money, right? And they're like, okay, I need like 10 grand by the end of the month. It's gonna happen, I'm manifesting mm -hmm. it, visualizing, meditating, chanting, all the things that you, you can <laughs> do. Um, and then when there's an expectation that's attached to that, what can, what can happen on an unconscious level is that things might come up in your reality that might um that might uh, prove that expectation wrong like you might um have an unexpected bill right mm -hmm. that was like a few thousand dollars and you don't know about it and mm -hmm. like because you had the expectation like that bill might trigger you and it mm -hmm. might reinforce the right, doubt right so so my the, the way that i look at it is you know reprogram your mind affirmations all of that that's amazing and do that all day i do that all the time because that's just really setting intentions it's just like constantly sitting, planting those seeds um but at the same time surrender yeah. <laughs> let it go like it's gonna happen um and when it's supposed to happen it'll happen and something when it comes to manifestation is that like a lot of the time like we focus on the things like the lamborghini right sure. or with the business or the relationship or the body we focus on the things but we forget about who we actually have to become in that process because like I remember when I was, you know, first getting into coaching, and I wanted to, um, I w I had this like vision. I wanted to be like this like spiritual teacher, mm -hmm. this life coach, like doing what I'm doing now, mm -hmm. speaking on stages, you know, helping all these people. And I had that vision, and that was like the destination. But to get to that destination, I had to go through heaps of things, mm -hmm. um, heaps of challenges, heaps of downfalls, heaps of losses, um, heaps of quote unquote failures, um, and I had to go through all of that to become that person. Um, and if someone's so attached to the manifestation itself, then they might get discouraged on the journey. Um, and they, they need to remember that as long as you set the intention, what you're doing is you're tuning into that potentiality in the quantum field. It's going to come. It'll mm -hmm. come. But you got to go through some, like you got to allow those dimensions to merge together. And through that merging of, of realities, um, you're going to have to learn some shit. And there's going to be a lot of good things that you learn, and there's going to be some bad things, like challenging things that you learn. And as long as you uh, continue to have, I guess, faith, or not even faith, knowing, yeah. like you know it's going to happen. Yeah. And that's something that I think a lot of people need to realize is, is the power of knowing. When you know something's going to happen, it will happen. 
and you just have to let it happen the way it's supposed to happen. Yeah, I call that unwavering faith, but I'm gonna call it unwavering knowing. Knowing, right? Exactly. Like, yeah. and and I would tell people like, no to like the biggest authority in your life, even mm. it could be a spiritual authority, a religious guru, um, an icon. If they came to you and said that's not gonna happen, you say, go back to where you came from because mm. I know. Yeah. Unwaveringly, mm. and I, I think something interesting you said is to create that manifestation or vision or reality or what you want to create, it has to merge with the person you are mm. or you or you need to become to have that, to mm. create that. So maybe you want to be a person on stage, but you're scared to be in front of crowds, mm. right? You yep. have all of these old stories that you need to shed. Yep. And guess what? All that's going to come up as an opportunity for you exactly. to shed. And, that's gonna, and when it comes up, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be uncomfortable. And then that requires... You know, being present. That requires awareness. It requires answer, asking those questions. All those things that we was talking about at the beginning, right. they all start to come into it because that's exactly what's going to happen. You're going to get challenged. Yeah, you know? but but being the observer, mm. you can always overcome that challenge because you actually know that it is a challenge and why it's here. It's not mm. just coming on autopilot. Exactly. It's coming because you asked it to come. Mm -hmm. And again, we label things as good and bad so mm. quickly that we go, oh no, this is a bad thing, run away. Mm. Instead of going, this is a bad thing, thank you. Yeah. Yep. Now let me shed my old operating system and be this new me so I can merge with this reality that I'm creating. Yep. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Man, I feel so high vibe right now. <laughs> yeah, we got man. it flowing. If, yeah, if there bro. was like a, a like an infrared electric camera, we'd be able to see electricity flowing over here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, man. So um so for folks like as we're wrapping up, so for folks who are out there, they're listening, mm. what are what are three or four things, anything, what are some tips that they can take? to start their journey of mm. awareness, of consciousness, of creation, of greatness, of power, all these things mm. that we're talking about, because this might be the first time people are hearing this. Mm. And if it is, where do they go? What do they do? That's a great question. I think, I think one of the most important things is really just looking at like where your energy is going and what is filling, like what, what information you're taking in. Um, because I think a lot of us, like we live in a society where like, like there's so many distractions, you know, there's, there's so, like there's so many things to do, there's so much information overload. And I think it just comes down to like looking at, okay, who am I spending time with? You know, like other people that I'm hanging around with, um, are they like helping me? Are they making me feel good? Um, or should I find like some new people that are gonna like, that are on this frequency? Um, because when you hang around with, like, as soon as you hang around with someone that's on a higher, higher vibe, you're gonna just attune to that frequency, mm -hmm. like just like what we're doing right mm -hmm. now. Um, so I think you know who you're hanging out with. You know, it's what would you call it? Your, your circle of influence. Mm -hmm. um, but your circle of influence isn't just the people that you hang around with or the relationships that you're in. It's also like um, the places that you're going. It's also the 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 things that you're watching, the things that you're consuming, and you know mm -hmm. the the podcasts, the TV shows. Um, the music, even like, because everything that we take in is having an influence on our on our psychology and and our and our personality. Um, you know, the food that we're eating. You know, like, what kind of choices are we making with our food? Like, are we eating like shit all the time? Um, you know, because that's going to directly impact yourself. So I think just like doing like an another, like I said, an audit. I think that's like the first thing, like auditing the life, and that's like the thing that a lot of us avoid doing. Um, but I think it's the th when we do the things that we avoid doing, that's what creates the breakthrough and the enlightenment, right? Mm -hmm. So start just like looking at that. But another thing would be, you know, find, you know, like it depends on like what the person's goal is and like where they're wanting to go. 
Um, but I would suggest to, you know, if, if someone's new to this path, you know, seeking out some kind of um, like coach or mentor. And that could be like an actual coach that you work with. Like I work with a lot of clients and, you know, the people that I work with, they get like very fast results because I create a safe space for them where we can, you know, we can go through this breakthrough work, we can go through this emotional work and we can like work through it. Um, and that's like so powerful. Like I've got coaches and mentors that I work mm. with. I've got business coaches. I've got spiritual teachers. Mm. I've got, you know, life coaches that I work with because like I can't do all this on my own. Like I've got a lot of responsibility. You know, I need to be able to like um, confide with other people. Um, so I think finding, you know, a coach or a mentor, um, but it doesn't have to be like, you know, if someone doesn't have the money to invest into a coach, um, man, look at the internet. There's like so everywhere. many. Everywhere, you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah, your, your yeah, page, yeah. everywhere. Like there's so many people out there who are yeah. speaking these t same vibes. Exactly. And like, I mean, like social media, you've got access to every single mentor on the planet. Yeah. Um, and the amazing thing is like when you start listening to these people, you know, like, like this podcast right now, or like, you know, for me, when I was a teenager, it was like Tony Robbins. Mm -hmm. I used to listen to a lot of Tony Robbins because he was just like so powerful and so yeah. inspiring. Um, it just used to, it just transformed me. It just, mm -hmm. it just transformed the way I saw things. Even if I didn't understand everything he was saying, I was only picking up like little things at that time. It was like, I knew that there was like another level sure. of consciousness. So you want to like find someone that's on the level that you want to be on um, and like whatever field, whatever industry or whatever, and like start consuming that content opposed mm -hmm. to like, and then it'll get to a point where you start just listening to yourself and you're, you become the master. Yeah. Um, and that's like a really powerful place to be. Um, so yeah, man, I think circle of influence, what you're putting in your body, what you're putting into your mind, you know, who you're surrounding yourself with, who's like guiding you, who's like leading the way for you. Um, and then developing a form of practice, you know, meditate, you know, some kind of practice that's going to allow you to tune in to your inner self. And that's usually going to be something along the lines of meditation, um, breath work, um, or any way to bring yourself back to that place of power. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many different methodologies out there, yoga, you know, mm -hmm. um, it really just depends on like what people resonate with but sure. there's so many tools out there and we're, we're living in this time where like the whole collective consciousness of humanity is rising like everyone is becoming more awoke, awakened um everyone is becoming more conscious and like i was at a i was at a thing on monday where we was like 30 40 people doing like breast work and ecstatic dance and like mm -hmm. i just i never met it, i never met any of these people before yeah. um you know so like it's shifting it's out there and we're asking questions exactly and as soon as you start to ask those questions set those intentions tune into those frequencies the world will, the universe will, will give you, will, will provide oh, yeah. you know, all the opportunities. You yeah, know, so. I, I love that. That mm. Those are the perfect, perfect things for people to listen. So everyone out there, viewers, listeners, you have a blueprint, empowering information. It's all over the internet. Mm. You could just search for people, mm. whoever resonates with your vibe, mm. you know, that's the, then you can connect with them. But mm. speaking about connecting, how do people connect with you? Um, so the best way to connect with me right now would be like just through my social platforms. You know, I, I got a YouTube. I'm still like, I'm in the process of like building it up at the moment. So I'm actually going to be starting a podcast really soon myself. Um, hopefully I can get to this level one day. Yeah, yeah, you will. <laughs> um, you oh, visualize yeah, it, exactly. do your fourth, you're good. <laughs> exactly, yeah, I'm good. It's done. Um, yeah, so yeah, YouTube is just uh, Jesse Winyard. Um, Facebook, Instagram, Jesse Winyard. Um, I'm most active on my Instagram and Facebook. Mm -hmm. So I post a lot of stories. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I post most days, you know, yeah. heaps of like content. I, I love doing this stuff. So yeah. I'm always posting content yeah. out there, like whatever's you know, channeling through me, I'll just put it out there and, and, it, and it helps a lot of people. So 
um, yeah, just give me a follow and, and yeah. we can connect. Yeah, and the name of your academy? Um, the Awaken the Alpha Academy. Okay. So our programs, um, we, we at the moment, we only run um, certain intakes for our programs. So we like, we're in like high level coaching programs. Uh, we work with our client. I've got a team of people that work with me, mm -hmm. a team of coaches. Um, and we work with usually about 30 to 50 clients at a time. So our, our academy is actually like closed at this current time. Mm -hmm. But if people just follow me on social media, um, they will, they'll get, a, they'll get, a, they'll get a, the first, um, note when we're actually going to be launching our next one. I think our next intake starts and I think our next, so yeah, so what we do is we run a lot of, um, we've got our, like our, our academy program that you can apply for. You can talk to myself, or one of my coaches and we can bring you on board, but we also run a lot of free things as well. So one of the, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm huge on just like sharing all of this, you know, and sharing all these tools and giving it to people. So what we also do um, is we run online challenges. And these are these are epic, man. Like we ran one probably about a month ago with like 2000 people from all around the world. Um, we, we, we run them in the like Facebook groups. Um, and, you know, I, I basically coach these guys every day, live coaching videos every single day. We are like three or 400 people like watching live. It's pretty epic. And, um, you know, these are just like little like kickstart courses that mm -hmm. we run. Like, so the next one that we're running is going to be in, I think it's going to be in December, first mm -hmm. week of December. It's usually a five to seven day course. You, you jump on board with a whole bunch of amazing people on the same journey. You know, me and my team will coach you, co coach everyone through, you know, on, on live coaching. We give our resources away. We give programs away, meditations. Like we give it all out, like yeah. just for free. Um, and then, you know, from that free challenge, um, if you feel called to take the next step with us, then you can apply to work with us. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll connect with the person or one of my team will, and we'll see if, it, if there's an alignment. And if there is, then they, they join the amazing. program. And, and within that academy program, we have like retreats that we run. Like we've got a, literally the week that I get back to New Zealand, we've got a retreat. Like the, I, I get back on the 11th of the 11th, which is magic timing. And then on the 12th, um, we're running our next retreat, which is like cool. a four-day retreat. So You're right back to it. Yeah, straight back into it, man. All right, so viewers, listeners, connect with my man here, Jesse. He's got some fire and content, info, life-changing stuff, empowering stuff. You're doing beautiful work, man. I appreciate Thanks, you. Thanks, brother. Man, I got to tell you, that conversation between us two really hit home because when you're vibing with someone and you guys are speaking each other's truth, and this is for anything, it could be about the conversation we had, or it can be about BMX bikes, or it can be about cookware. If you guys are vibing and you're speaking each other's truth, there's converse, that's what I live for, like these conversations where you have a real true awakening. And I really hope that Jesse was able to help you out and awaken a part of you that is empowered, that has greatness, and that can really change. I love you all. I truly do. I met maybe 1% of you, less than 1%, but I love you all. That's from my heart. I really hope you love today's show. Please rate, please review, please subscribe. We got big news coming up. All right, much love to you all.